is our hope? Well, I want to tell you, it's very important that you have some hope. Because you see, you not only have world problems that I've mentioned, but you've got your own personal problem. You've got your own personal pressures. You've got your own personal hell that you're living in right now, and you're looking for a way out and a way of escape. How am I going to get out from under this load I'm carrying? Maybe you're failing in, at the university. Maybe it's a broken love affair. It may be something else. Pressure from your parents. Whatever it may be, maybe your parents are broken up and it's torn you up. And you feel the pressure and you want to run and hide and you want to escape. You've tried the drug route. You've tried the alcohol and it hasn't worked. Well, it's very important that you have hope. If you ever lose your hope, you're finished. Old or young. What oxygen is for the lungs, such as hope for the meaning of human life. And the fate of humanity is dependent, I believe, in its supply of hope. Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having an awesome day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made. And we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You know, happy Friday. I'd like to wish everyone... And it is the weekend. We made it. And I know that we've had a very interesting week. A very, 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 very interesting week. But the cool thing is, is that God is still sovereign at the end of the day. While we are facing a potential government shutdown, we know that there is hope. There is hope in our sovereign God because he loves us and he cares for us. And he doesn't want anything to be bad with us. And then he'll watch over us. And I know that I'm going to probably talk about the importance of not funding the government on a different episode. But I want to talk to you about the meaning of hope. What does the hope mean for you? Well, in Romans 5, we're going to get a better understanding of what hope means. And how we can correlate it to our life. And so with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we go through the day. Lord, I just pray that we can get a true meaning of hope. We're wanting hope. We're yearning for it. But we don't have it. We can't get hope in the worldly things. We can't do that. We can't get hope in our government. We can't get hope in our life without wavering. But we know that you have eternal hope. We know that you are an awesome God that will provide hope for rest of on over. And that there is hope in Jesus Christ. And there is hope in our hearts. And the hope that we long will hopefully be forever just like you promised. So, Lord, I just pray that you can watch over us. I pray that you can just watch over our hearts. And I just pray that you can protect us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So, in Romans chapter 5, 
we start off, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and character and character and character hope now hope does not disappoint because the love god has been poured out in our hearts by the holy spirit who has given to us Ooh, man that means a lot it truly means a lot in our lives, especially in this day and age. We sometimes wonder, where is hope? Is it gone? You know, what does it feel like when realizing that we don't have hope in tribulations? What is it like? You know, I, I, I briefly touched over yesterday of what hope is like and how we sometimes want a high hope but that high hope doesn't get us through the high hope doesn't persevere the high hope doesn't last you know and that high hope does not give us the strength and the energy that we long for that is a temporary hope for a temporary solution you know for instance we live in a world where it is a wicked and degrading world. We live in a world where people don't look out for each other. We live in a world where it's a very self-centeredness. And if there's a situation, they have to look out into a temporary, find a temporary solution, thinking that solution will provide them hope. And it's interesting that I really wish more and more people spoke about God providing hope during tribulation and during times of trouble instead of going straight to medicating and going to finding temporary solutions. While the big picture is, is that God fixes all those situations. And not only that, but God allows you to build stronger and allows you to develop as an individual. And in verse 6, we continue reading, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will, know, will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, much more than having been now justified. By his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. There's a reason why I allowed a moment of silence just then. I want you to think and 
I want you to have a reverence to that. Because God didn't have to die for you or I. God didn't have to die for any of us. But because he loves you individually, he wanted to give you a chance. He wanted to say, you know what? No, I'm going to die for you because you have an opportunity. And that there is hope in there is hope in the world that you can provide. There is hope that you can touch someone's life. There is hope. I can give you that hope. All you have to do is just lean on to me. It's interesting because this plays this plays a major role in my life. You know, because I don't you know how I stated, you know, each Bible verse has a different meaning every time we read through it and stuff. Now I'm going to tell you what this Bible verse means to my life. In Romans 5, the ones that we read it all the way up to. It truly means that over the years, I've always looked for hope. Over the years, I've looked hope, but it was in the wrong direction. I ran the other direction. Because I thought, like, you know, God doesn't, God doesn't know the pain that I go through on a daily basis. How can anyone understand? God doesn't know that. And why would God even care for me? That is what kind of mentality I had. Now, that mentality was not a, a very good mentality. That mentality was a wicked and horrible mentality. Because it required me to look for hope in the wrong areas. It required me to look for hope in talking with psychiatrists and talking with other people. Now you look at the world. I mean, the, of course, the psychiatrists are going to give you the answers that they, you want them to. And they give you the solutions but it's interesting how when I would do talk to this, do talk to the psychiatrist and stuff, they give me alternatives to say, you know, you can find hope by doing things that you love. But one thing that they didn't give me, and that absolutely actually it blows my mind, was that they said, no, look upon Jesus. He is the only one that can provide hope. He, Jesus, is the one that can provide. And it's interesting how there's more of a prevalent thing going on. And that's why depression and anxiety is rampant in this world. And so many people are looking elsewhere besides God. So many people are looking elsewhere to find worldly solutions. I try to find worldly, worldly solutions. I try to do that. I tried to spend so much time on my phone. At one point, I spent over 16 hours on my phone thinking that would provide me hope. At one point, I also found that I spent like so much time watching TV thinking that would provide me hope. But in the big picture of things, I was worse off. It seems like I was running away. And a lot of us do run away of our situations. A lot of us run away from God because we know that God can provide hope we know that God can provide the peace that I long for that you long for and that your family longs for and it absolutely breaks my heart 
that I didn't grow up, that I didn't mature fast enough. It really does. And I had a naive perception of what God was thinking. When all I know that God is a loving father, God is a loving father. And it's this is Satan that wants us to deceive hope. Is Satan thinking that hope doesn't exist? Is Satan that wants us to twist? Is Satan that wants us to twist and mentally distort the concept of hope? How does how disturbing is that actually? You know, you look at that because before I thought hope. Before I accepted Jesus Christ, I thought hope was a temporary thing. I thought hope was a lifestyle you live. I thought hope was something that it was a fantasy that none of us will ever achieve. I really did. I'm not going to lie. I'm This episode, I'm being as fair and transparent as I can because Romans 5 absolutely touched my heart. Romans 5 brought me to my knees today because I understand that I used to have a horrible mindset of what hope, the wrong definition of hope. Hope is not something that we want underneath the Christmas tree. Hope is something that there's a promise that God has made a place for you and I. And hope is knowing the truth that God truly loves me. And I don't need to count on anyone else. So we look at how Jesus died for us. You know, how Jesus didn't have to die for us. It, I didn't deserve him, but he loved us. <clears throat> and it's interesting because... In verse 12, we read, Therefore, just as through one man sin, or just, well, excuse me, wow, okay. Verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man is sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned, because all sinned. Until the law is until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death resigned or reigned from Adam to Moses, and even more or and even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness and the of the transgressions of Adam. Who is a type of him? Who was who was to come? But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense may die, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man. Jesus Christ abound to many, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment just came from one offense, resulted in condemnation, but the free gift, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. <clears throat> for, by, for if by, the, by one man's offense, 
death reigned through, uh, through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as through the one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, verse 20, the law entered the the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace must reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, the big picture, that the reason why I'm getting very emotional through this whole thing is, is because we have to uh, figure out what the word hope means. And I'm going to reiterate that. For some people, it basically means wishing on a lucky star. I've, I've done that multiple times. You don't know if things will turn out good or bad, but you hope they're good. You don't know if you got into the college you wanted, got a good grade on the big test, or got a good part of got a good part in the school play. But you sure hope so, don't we all? You hope that you got a promotion after working there for ten years. You hope that when the doctor comes into you and says, "Hey, can I speak with you?" You hope that's a really good, good, um, good response. You hope so. Or you hope when you see your kids coming home, you hope they bring good news to you, but sometimes they don't. But when people use hope this way, they really mean optimistic. They're looking at the glass as half full. They're trying to be optimistic about the future, and there's nothing at all wrong with that. It's good to be optimistic, but that's not what the Bible means when it takes when it talks about hope. In Romans five, we read that Paul in Romans five, Paul tells his friends in Rome about hope, but he's not talking about optimism. Instead, Paul says we have the hope of the glory of God. That doesn't mean we're thinking about God like flipping a coin. Um, that will hopefully be heads and not tails. It means we place our trust in God because we know that God's got our future under control. Hoping is good, isn't it? It's just a good feeling. It's a reality we believe, even when things are hard. And things do get hard sometimes. But when we go, but when we're going through a tough time, experiencing stress or worry, it's easy to stop feeling like we can hope in God. But Paul says those are the times when God uses our hope to refine us. How awesome is that? It's those times, those difficult times, 
that we see hope. It's the resiliency of maybe being paralyzed from the neck down that we see hope and that we're defining hope. It's those times when we get a bad diagnosis or we get ill. It's those times when somebody asks, how did you make it through? It's those times when we defined what hope means. Because we truly have an awesome God that walks alongside with us and gives us another opportunity to glorify him each and every day. And with this in mind, I'm going to close it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in the reverence of you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you can watch over us, protect us, as we go out through the day. Lord, I am so blessed that you can provide hope and that you can divine what hope means in our lives. And Lord, I just pray whatever trials and tribulations that we do go through, Lord, I pray that you can just protect us. Help, that, help us not to get discouraged. Like the three things, there's truth, there's hope, and there's life. There's truth in knowing who you are, Lord. And there is hope knowing that we will pass away one day and we will cross that finish or cross that finish line. And there's life knowing that we will have everlasting life in the shelter of your presence. We have hope in that, oh Lord. So I just pray for anyone that's dealing through going through a difficult time, Lord. I pray that you can watch over them, protect them, guide them along the way. Because you're an awesome God. So may you guide us and protect us as we continue through the path that you have set before us. So that when you cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, I hope you guys had an awesome day. And remember, God loves you. Truly, he does. And there's a purpose that you're going through. There's a reason why you're going through a difficult storm. There's a reason. There, and right now, you are defining hope in your life. Because you know and you believe in Jesus Christ. And that he died for you and he rose for you. That is you defining hope. Remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye. The sparrows not worried about tomorrow Oh, the troubles to come The lilies not thinking about the seasons The drought or the flood The tree that's planted by the water Isn't phased by the fire So why should I be? Cause you take good